All right. So, today's service is a very, very important service for me and for you. Tell the person next to you, today's service is a very, very, very important service <laughs> for you. <laughs> Just look at them in the eye. Say, tell them, for you. Okay, great. All right. So, a while ago, I just felt the Lord has been, the Lord has been speaking to me through the book of Joshua last year. I, I was reading through it. And um, there is something very powerful that you see in the book of Joshua, in, especially in chapter 4. You see that while they cross, while they got into the promised land and every, while they crossed the Jordan River especially, the Lord gave an instruction for them to build, to kind of get some stones, 12 stones. But that will serve as a memorial for the people of Israel to remember what the Lord did. So, I think in that particular context, it has to do with the people, the history of the nation of Israel. Let me just read it. It says, then Joshua called the 12 men from the people of Israel whom he had appointed a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord, your God, into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribe of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, when your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off, before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. The Lord was teaching them a very simple principle. Remembrance. Just remembrance. So today's service, we just want to get in touch with what happened before you came to this church. Right? In 2010, some of you were, of 2009, maybe 2008, some of you, some of you were born in 2000. So <laughs> <laughs> all the 2001, put your hands up, all the 2000. <laughs> so while some of you were nine or ten years old some people were already praying <laughs> for you to sit on this chair so i just we just want to appreciate that so i'm going to invite them they will sit here they will tell us a few stories about the church so that we will know we will understand very well what is happening here maybe some of you when you come it's like you're doing a, a favor to matthew no you go <laughs> you're gonna have to change the way you think all right because there is a journey that have already started, right? Before you and myself, when the church started, I wasn't there as well. So I was also, also in my own kingdom. <laughs> so I really would like, <laughs> I really would like to invite Esti. Esti Deville. Esti, Pastor D, Duncan, Jason, Jamie and blessing.
Great. Great. Where is Anele? I, I, I told you something. <laughs> okay, great. So before we start, we're going to give them some gifts. You can just select whatever you like, huh? <laughs> Great. So, we are giving them gifts because they are gifts to the church. <laughs> Oh, they are also specials. Okay, great. So, I would like to start with pastory because when I joined the church one day, he told the story about how he got involved into the church. And I was like, oh, wow. So, I would like all of us to get a context because if we don't know the context, we can easily abuse. All right? So, Pastor D, you can just tell us, how did you come from Stellenbosch, the Buddha lands there? <laughs> okay, this is rough, eh? This is rough for some of you, relax. Tell the person next to you, relax. <laughs> wow. This is the University of Cape Town. People don't speak Afrikaans there. But how could he decide to leave that side where he could have spoken Afrikaans in a very relaxed way but to still come here to do what he felt to do? Okay, so um, I don't know how much you want me to share but I think um, I came to Salvation. Stellenbosch, as a student in my third year, I think I've shared some of the testimonies many times, so I'll skip over that, but um, after studies, I did an internship with the church, and I grew up in, in Cape Town, but in the northern suburbs, and so after internship, I, was, I studied engineering, and so I was going to work as an engineer, so I said to God, um, God, um, I'm willing to go, will you send me? I'll go to London because I'd work in, I had been in London for a bit. I'll go to Johannesburg even. Um, but please, don't send me to Cape Town. <laughs> and especially not the southern suburbs. Um, but I'd prefer to get work in Stellenbosch because you know, I was in Stellenbosch back then. So I got a job in Stellenbosch. Worked there for a month as an engineer. And then after a month, my boss came to me and said, no, we are transferring the company to Cape Town, <laughs> the southern suburbs. <laughs> and so I, I worked here in Claremont, I lived in Stellenbosch because I had really, really committed accommodation and everything. So I drove through from Stellenbosch for two years, through to Cape Town, past UCT. And at, at that stage, we had just started a church in Cape Town. And it was actually started at UCT, but the church had moved to town. Uh, for some other reason, I still thought the church was at UCT, 
And as I passed UCT, I just felt this real urge to pray for campus. Sure. And so I had like an hour and a half in and an hour and a half out. Uh, so I'd, I prayed. It was just, I just had such a burden to, to pray for the campus and really what God wants to do. And it was about two years after that, Pastor Fred and the pastors came and they said they want to start something on campus. And so I said, well, I don't have to pray about that because I've been praying. And so God had already birthed um, what he wanted to do. And I think just in worshiping, it's amazing um, that what God is doing here, he's doing. You know, no matter who plays a role, God does whatever he wants to do. And that's just so encouraging. It's like this, this, this you know... Uh, it's incredible. God can use different people, but He does what He wants to do, regardless of the person. That's just been so incredible. Which year was that? That was 2008. So it was... It was Great. <laughs> Eight years old, some people. 2008. <laughs> <laughs> so not Yasha, not Yasha. <laughs> okay, great. So, ST. ST. ST ST please tell us which year maybe some of them it would be important for them to know and also how you came to this side of the southern suburb the southern suburb So um I'm ST and it's really amazing being here and and just It's so awesome it's like family you know it's like extended family reunion um, so what happened to me is I went to study political science at Stellenbosch. I'm also the daughter of Anne. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord in his mercy called us <laughs> from the out of <laughs> to, to an unknown country. Um, but I studied political science and then I sort of traveled around, did lots of jobs, and I ended up in the city of Cape Town. And I used to work, walk to work every day in 2008 and 2009, also a long time ago. And I used to ask the Lord, because what I really wanted to do is I actually want, I was learning Spanish because I wanted to move to Colombia. And my plan was to get abducted. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm not. I wish I was making this stuff up. I'm not. Um, and to actually go and work with the FARC rebels. I don't know if any of you know anything about Colombia or the political situation. Um, and then I was going to be a missionary. So I used to walk to work every day and pray and practice my Spanish. Um, but then instead, Pastor D at that stage, we were in the, the church Shofar Gardens in the heart of Cape Town. He made an announcement and he said, is there anybody here that would like to get involved with the students at UCT? And I'm sitting there and I've been asking the Lord to send me to Colombia for two years. He hasn't done so yet. <laughs> I'm still in Cape Town. Um, and I felt the Lord say, I have, to, I have to get involved with this. So I went up to Pastor D and I don't know, you guys obviously know how wild he is in general. If you go and volunteer for something, it's, it's a bit like going to Colombia, you know, you might, you might volunteer for, <laughs> you're volunteering for coffee, but the next moment, you know, you're somewhere else. So I volunteered for the students, and um, I remember he looked at me and he said, oh, that's so awesome, go talk to that girl over there. And I thought, oh, she must also be involved to the students, so I went to her, and it turned out she was a student. I think we had like a handful of students, Lauren from, from Zimbabwe at that stage. I mean, it was so amazing because from there, the Lord told me to do internships. So I was 25 and earning a, a proper salary at that stage. And I was becoming all grown up, still not abducted in Colombia. But then the Lord told me that I need to do my internship. And then Jason and myself and Barry, we did our internship in 2010. Um, I know, hey, years ago. 
Now I've just given away my age for those of you that are all mathematically inclined. But then, and from there I actually started working for the church. <laughs> not many, not many. Um, and then, yeah, it was an incredible, incredible season, which I suppose we'll talk about now, but it was, um, it was wild. It was wilder than Colombia. I'm convinced Colombia would have been tamer, but it was an incredible privilege just to see UCC grow. came to Cape Town. Yeah, you came to this church. Okay, so I am actually originally from the southern suburbs, um, and uh, I went to a school down the road here, So, and then I, I went to study at Stellenbosch. Um, I did a BCom degree, and anyway, long story short is the Lord led me to, to become a teacher. Didn't want to do it at all, but, but we know the Lord's plan. Sometimes He does stuff that you don't want to do. Um, I love it now, but anyway, so I, I was there, and uh, I came back, so I, I joined the church there, I did internship, actually with Rainer, in 2006, yeah, <clears throat> a long time ago, yeah, great too, yeah, <laughs> You can call me uncle. <laughs> um, yeah, so and, and then um, after that, so I jo obviously joined the church there in Stellenbosch, the Shofar Church, and when I came back, I, I wanted, I knew that there was the gardens one, so it was an automatic decision to, to come here. Yeah, and I can't remember how I got involved originally with students, but somehow Reno <laughs> roped me in. Awesome. Jason? Yeah, hi everyone. Um, so I, I'm originally from KZN, from Peter Maritzburg, um, but I studied at uh, UCT and I was actually in Marquard. So I don't, don't know if there are any Marquardians in the house. Um, yeah. Um, and yeah, so I had finished varsity and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but that's in my final year, a friend of mine, Barry, um, he was part of Bible School 1, and the one day he was going to Bible School, and he was like, I said to him, where are you going? He said, I'm going to Bible School. He's like, do you want to come with? So I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so I joined Bible School one, uh, 1 halfway through the year, and that's where I was introduced to Shofar, um, and then it came the end of the year, and I wasn't sure what I like what I wanted to do, and Reina was saying, hey, there's internship here next year, um, and then I said I was interested, and that was the end of it, so yeah, we ended up, uh, yeah, enough said, and so I ended up doing internship in 2010, like Esty said, and uh, I just want to add on a follow-on from what Esty said, so she started doing internship with us, and then she started working for the church, but she always wanted to, well, she's quite keen to work for this church. And she actually prayed a lot to work for the church. And we all say that she basically prayed out the other lady. <laughs> and she, she got that job. But uh, <laughs> SD is a great intercessor. Speak to her afterwards. Let's go. All right. No, but the other lady went from glory to glory. So. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Maybe because I would like to give to Duncan because his, his time is a bit limited. So Duncan, you can maybe share on what was your role in terms of the students and how was it like? 
you can share about, don't just share the glory, share also about the other side. Yeah. So that's, yeah. I've got good stories there. <laughs> so I, um, the, the first district leader of, I think it was the first district leader of the men's was Manus, am I right? Manus Altman, some of you might remember him. Um, and, and I was under him, we, we, we were in the, I was his own leader at that stage. Um, and one of the, we had a whole lot of small groups that we started. I think Tanash was in one of, either the first or one of your first times that you ever came to, to your small group. <laughs> Do you remember me? Must have been around there. But anyway, yeah, Tanash, what was the, what was the res there? Smites. Smites, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so we, we helped a couple of those. Um, small groups, but um, probably my, my most uh, difficult memory, but also most successful, SD was actually part of that as well. We, in 2012, we took a, a mission team to, to Tanzania and Zanzibar. Um, you can maybe bring, have you got those, that slide, no, not that one. I'm, it, 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 it looks like I'm killing a student, but I'm not, I promise you. I'm having fun there, and he is too. You can go back a couple of slides. Yeah. Yeah, he's still in church, by the way. That's Antonio. Some of you might know him. Um, yeah, so, so we took, a, we took a, a, a group to Tanzania and, and Zanzibar um, on missions. And just to give you a bit of, a bit of context, so I... We got, I got married about six months before, so newly, newly married. Um, on that mission team, there were 14 of us. There were eight students and six young working, an emphasis on young working. Um, and we, it, was, it was an incredible experience, but it was the most, by far the hardest mission I ever went on, by a country mile. Um, and, you know, that... A scripture that comes to mind is, you know, to me, that mission was a, a sowing of seed into the students, into those, specifically those eight students. But the word says that a seed must die before it can bear fruit. And I, I think for us as the, those young working people, there was something that died. In, and, and it wasn't because of the students. It was the situation, which I'll explain now. Um, the students were amazing. But we, we had very limited funds on that, on that trip. So we had basically um, only the young working people who had just started working could pay for the mission. Um, it ended up that my father-in-law also contributed to me. I mean, he contributed 20K to that mission as well. Um, but we had very, very limited funds. The, the students, that, those students that went there, you, did you manage to get them? Um, Oh, okay. So one of, one of the students was Uncle Bless here as well. Um, yeah. So, so they, were, they were very keen, but, but they didn't have a lot of money. So, so we decided, you know, we're going we're gonna to trust the Lord and, and go with very limited funds. I mean, to put in perspective of how much money we had, we, um, we met another mission team from another shofar while we were there. And their food budget was our whole budget, okay? Um, so we ended up, because we didn't have enough money, we drove up 
to, um, to Johannesburg and then flew from there to, to Tanzania. Um, and then we took ferries across to, to Zanzibar when we went there. Um, and it was really an amazing experience. And, and those students, um, I think, learned a lot. They had a lot of fun. Um, and, and I think there were definitely seeds that were, that were sown in, in that mission. But it was, it was tough. Um, halfway through the mission, literally, we ran out of money. Um, I had to phone Reno from, I think it was Zanzibar, no, Tanzania at that stage. We were still in Tanzania. And say, listen, we need money. I literally, we have nothing left. Um, we, we, in Zanzibar, to save money, we bought two live chickens, um, which became, can you remember their names? We gave, say again, Henry, we named them Henry and James be, before we killed them and ate them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was the, there was an infamous, um, ferry ride, which, Esty maybe can, can give us light, but again, that ferry, two weeks after we came back, capsized, and 140 people died in that. So, I mean, now you can imagine the ferry ride on that thing. It was, people were throwing up for how many hours? Four hours, not, and non-stop. So anyway, so it was an exceptionally difficult, um, difficult trip. But the fruit that, that came out of that was, in, in those students' lives especially, was incredible. Um, and even though it was difficult and it was, you know, difficult for, for a lot of them and a lot of us, um, it was, it, yeah, there we go. If you can go back a couple, there were two more, if you, if you can get them. Those were some of the students there. You can see, there we go, I like that photo. You can make, make, make it bigger a little bit. Um, and, yeah, so, so it, was, it was a really a time of, of sowing um, and of, of growing for those students. Um, and, and from there, um, they, they really took their place within the church and within the kingdom. And a lot of them have now left, not, you know, left Christianity, but, but they've gone back to, to where they came from and, and are making huge impact in their society and in where they live, in their communities. Um, and, and we like to, there we go. Um, big Slim there, I don't know if any of you remember Slim. A um, couple of other ones. And um, yeah, so, so, so we really felt that it was a, a seed sowing um, experience and um, loved, I would never, I wouldn't change it as difficult as it was it was an amazing experience, and, and I really valued that and, and valued what the Lord did in that. And He really um, sowed those seeds, and He was the one who grew those people, and, and, um, and they are doing great things now. Yeah. Oh, thanks a lot, Duncan. So, Esty, tell us your experience, camps, small group, whatever it is. You can just tell us. Growing up on ferries. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working through forgiveness issues with Duncan. Every year, every time we, we meet one another, we talk about this. Um, Talente, you can maybe go to the, to the PowerPoint slideshow. I think, I think I was actually thinking it's such a privilege to be here and just walk down memory lane again. But I think the incredible thing, and, and Jamie was quite a, a part of that at that stage too, is just how, because we were so small, I mean, we used to, 
we used to, I suppose you're going to talk about the jammy buses we used to rent, but we used to be like four or six people at a time. I don't know if you can imagine that. Like if we had four students. Blessing was one of them. Um, he was the evangelist. <laughs> Him and Pastor D. Um, and it was really, it, it was so special to see how, because we were so small and because we were growing as a family, we really had to fight for one another. Um, and I remember one of the themes at that stage, um, I, the, the, one of the words God really gave me, which I believe is still applicable wherever we are on campus, is that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And it was so obvious for me how everything else, you know, I can't even remember all the names of all the drinking parties and, and everything that was happening here in O-Week or wherever, um, but everything else was gunning for, for students, um, you know, by force. The, the world wasn't holding back to see how they could destroy people's lives. And the Lord just told me, I'm not allowed to hold back either sure. to bring people back to Christ. Um, and in my case, you know, that didn't necessarily mean running around on campus and, I don't know, water spraying oil over people or, <laughs> or whatever odd, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't know what we do lately in our show for societies. We still don't do that. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> I was thinking I'm the only one that's coming in again that doesn't know what's cooking lately. <laughs> so it's a bit dangerous. But I think something that was really strong for us was family. Um, so the way that we fought for people was to love. I remember one student camp that I'll show a picture now. Our motto was love as our weapon of choice. Um, and for that, we can maybe go through the picture like... That was some of our first student camps that we had, and you can just sort of flip through them. I know she's so young, even her, she was first year. <laughs> you can maybe go to the next picture, um, if it'll go. And that was, that was all the girls, we had a massive student camp, and that was just all the girls. So you can see, we were like from all over the show. That is a trust thing they made us do that I've never done again, so... <laughs> They, yeah, that is a bit scary. That's Michelle. I don't know if anybody will know in Devo anymore. Um, if she wasn't cooking, we wouldn't eat because we went tent camping. Um, like some of the girls wanted to go glam camping, but we insisted on tent camping. So these were the kind of student camps we had where we would do Encounter 2. We would make food. We would just get together and literally just love. Talente, you can maybe go through them some more. That was our girl tent camp. It was so much fun. You'll recognize some of the faces as a poster. And the security guards were very concerned about what these women were doing with the tents. <laughs> and I think we were looking a bit incompetent, so they just helped us put up all our tents. That is us cooking rice. <laughs> I know, she's like, I don't know, a little bit older there than she looks. Uh, and that, that was just, you can just fly, flow through the <laughs> I know, I was just, this picture, this picture we're actually saying... <laughs> no. <laughs> This picture, we were like, who's tent camped before? And everybody had to raise their hand. And then with the next picture, it was like, who hasn't tent camped before? <laughs> you can see we had a lot of fun. Um, but if you go on to the next, oh, this was also one of our student camps. You can see, this is just to demonstrate that I can't do jumping photos. <laughs> to this day. Um, everybody. But, but I think, and, and in the next batch of photos, what we really did, because it was tough. You know, if people, you can maybe just pause on that picture. People go through a lot of heavy stuff on campus. I mean, you guys have also gone through heavy stuff. Or they backslide or they encounter something. Or, you know, the enemy guns for them through family situations or a guy or a girl that's messing around that shouldn't mess around. And one of our main themes was really just to love and to do family. And because sometimes I think we need to be able to do these really high, complicated things, but sometimes it's a coffee date. Or inviting somebody for a dinner. Or, you know, if you're in res, a pizza. Thank the Lord for Uber Eats, you know. 
Um, and so what we used to do, this was in my house that I shared with Kathleen Shuttleworth, and you know, so many people came and went from that house. And we used to just have dinner evenings. We had, this was the secret ingredient. So that's my, one of my best friends, Marichen, um, up there in the pink. I don't know where she got that horrid pink apron. <laughs> I hope not from my house. But we used to have these evenings because people were just lonely. Um, and people were lonely in res, they were lonely in their flats, and there was a lot of confusing things happening at campus at that time, and we used to have evenings where one person had to cook with a secret ingredient, and then you had to eat, and you had to guess what it was, and I think Brichen eventually ended up as the cook every week, um, and she, because I couldn't cook to save my life, I could make popcorn, I got married now, so I'm better, but at that stage, it was like, my husband's here, he can confirm, I can cook now. <laughs> And she used to cook, and I know she would use like Coke as a secret ingredient. She made um, chicken wings and Coca-Cola. Did you know you could do that? Good stuff. Anyway, and the next picture, if you have a look, so you can just flip through it. This was just evenings where we just used to have like 30-second evenings. Uh, you can go, oh, and then what, what used to be like 30-second evenings at our house turned into baptism evenings. <laughs> Where we would just borrow the church. I don't know, we do, do we still have that swimming pool? No, it's <laughs> Oh, really? Oh, shame. You, you have a proper one now. Okay. So we used to just, I don't know what we did with our water bowl or, or how we got through it, but we used to just take our swimming, what? It was before the drought, okay. Then you could just tap, fill up a swimming pool for the night. And we used to, uh, used to have baptism because people would say they want to get baptized, but there wasn't a baptism service at church regularly or in time. So we would just make a plan, and that was us. Um, I think you guys were actually small group leaders at that stage. And then after our baptism evenings, we would have worship evenings. That's way before any of those people were married or had babies. or I mean, that was ages ago. And this was also one of our 30-second evenings. You'll recognize Ivan and Yash. Uh, again, Jason, I think Jason and Mariana, they, they didn't even speak to one another at that stage. It's so funny. And that was a Mexican guy that to this day, I don't know how he ended up there, but anyway. <laughs> it, there, was, there was like, it was really strange. But I think, I think, you know, the fact that a random Mexican guy that I don't know who he met, they just, people just felt welcome to come. And I think from people just coming to spend time in our house... People were doing, oh, this was such a, can I just say, this was such a testimony of the family. Um, I went to preach at another congregation, which was quite a small congregation. It was smaller than the amount of people you see up there. And I remember we said, let's all go and support this congregation. So our church, literally, all of those people got in a car and all went to go and support me preaching at this other congregation. And it obviously blessed that congregation so much because it's like this whole momentum of crazy, radical people worshiping and excited about the word of the Lord. And I added this picture because that girl standing on the left of me, her name is Nokubonga, next to my friend Marichen. And um, that's really what I just felt. So Marichen felt a couple, about three years ago that the Lord said she must go and move to Durban, actually go and support Shofar Durban, out of the blue. Um, and Nokubonga was a student. She was actually my flatmate too at one stage. Um, so Nokubonga stayed behind, and she finished studying, and Marichen now moved to Shafa Durban. And eventually the pastor there, they decided to move, and she actually, she and her husband are overseeing the congregation there. And Noku eventually finished up her studies and moved back to KZN, where she comes from. And she found a job in the same company as Marichen's husband in Durban. And they are now 
running and supporting the church in worship and intercession. And it's so crazy because if anybody had told us this was 2014 or 2000 or something, if somebody had told us then, you know, them, that they are going to run and support and back and seek the kingdom together in Durban, you wouldn't have known. So it's so incredible what God is busy doing here that's in preparation for what's still to come. So I think that's, it, it was hard, but it was good. Maybe let's hear from Jason. You were a small group leader as well, Leo Marquard. Yeah, so I was involved in leading small group in 2010 um, at Leo Marquard um, back in the day. I think Bless was second year that year in Leo Marquard, 2010. Yeah. Um, and yeah, those were the early days. And um, <clears throat> back then, you were still allowed to make intercom announcements throughout the res. So when we just started at the beginning of the year, we made an intercom announcement. 14 people rocked up for a small group. We are like, amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And um, unfortunately, it dwindled, dwindled a bit during the year. Um, but I mean, regardless, we still, we still met in Marquardt regardless, even if... Even if it was two of us, we just met and we prayed. And it was initially like pretty hard ground. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I'm correct, there's now a small group in Markwood or several small, I don't know. I don't know how many there are, but yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, and obviously Bless, Bless is now ex-Markwood alumni. He's, he's plowed very deeply as well into discipling a lot of students um, in, in res. So, yeah, so that's been super encouraging, yeah. Awesome. Before we get into the students, so Pastor, tell us what did God say to you when you decided to do this student thing? What did the Lord say that you feel you hate to hold on to, to keep on going? Because, you know, this mission of UCT can be a hard mission. What do you think is the thing that Galot said? I'm sure he said many things that you think they need to be aware of. No, I think, um, I think like, uh, like you're saying, Matthew, sometimes, I think many times uh, you, like every time we would book a venue back in that day, it's like um, almost every time, you know, it would be not confirmed until like 10 minutes before <laughs> the, the, the event starts, whether it was in... Marquardt, when we had church services there, or uh, Jamison, or Grasa, or yeah. Kramer, or you know the praise and worships and Grasa as it started. I think one year we um we, we got too excited and we turned up the volume too much. We had, our sound guy was super excited, so he, he just blasted the sound. And I think we had a lot of struggles after that to book um, that venue. But I think um I think one of the key words that come come to mind um, and you would always have to fall back on what, what is God saying because I think um, whenever God does something significant the enemy wants to oppose it and you always at the time you don't feel it but after you reflect and you're like okay well um, clearly God wanted to do something amazing and the enemy knew about it yeah. so he wanted to oppose it um, but one of the key words I remember was God said to us that he's going to send sons and daughters from afar um, and, you know, you'd send them back as kings and, you know, to see those transformations. Um, I think 
where student ministry has always been characterized with radical salvations. Yeah. People like really, um, you know, getting really saved and flipping their worlds upside down. I can say some stories about that. Um, but just seeing that happening and, you know, there would always be encouragement whenever God, um, we could never venture, I'm sure all of you would agree, to do something without a word. Because you can't come up with good ideas because you're going to get smacked back. Maybe we did some of those. But um, um, every time you had to have a word because you had to go back and remind God of his word. Um, and then like every time, last minute, it was every last minute, <laughs> um, God would come through. Um, from, from starting the society because there was massive resistance there um, to having church in the Jamison Hall. Um, God every time opened up. Every time I remember, like the Jamison, the Kramer Law, being a society, every time they say it's impossible. No one will have church in the Kramer Law building. I like, remember those conversations, and then the doors open. We have church in the Kramer Law building, the Jamison Hall. Nobody's had a church there. God opens the door, we have church there. So, sure. God, God, consistently hearing from God. Amen. Before I ask now Jamie and Blessing to speak, I got a video from one of the guys. I don't know if you talent is ready. He used to be a student back then. He did a video in Zimbabwe. Um, it's like a... I, ho I trust we, we're going to get to see it. His name is Taponiswa. The idea is that you're like... You are busy Day while nights. you live. You are busy okay. writing your own story. Um, are you ready? Great. Great. How are you? Pastor Matthew asked me to share about um, my experience in student ministry. Um, well, my brief personal testimony is uh, I received Christ through... Um, encounter one and stuff uh, and got baptized in the Holy Spirit and went through the programs really grew in a short space of time and I'd like to encourage you guys to uh, if you haven't really try these things out because they are practical means of you having to connect to God um, but in summary um, in student ministry I got plugged in a small group a small group leader at that time was Ivan, great guy. <laughs> uh, what really helped is having guys around me who experience the same things. Uh, we are at Varsity and where we're going. And, um, and when you receive Christ when you're young, uh, there's sort of, there are different sets of challenges that you go through. and. Um, being in small group really helped uh, understand uh, what was going on because you'd help each other and you have friends that relate and you'd always have a group that you can always uh, go back to and um, I'd say this is was, this was hey guys awesome can I just quickly yeah, share sure. um, so once um, we had a hospital ministry at, a, at, a sta at several stages where we would go through to skier and pray. 
And I remember uh, Tapuneswa once, you maybe remember the story, but uh, Tapuneswa and, and um, Antonio, the guy that Duncan, you know, wrestled <laughs> there, um, they came back, but they were like, like shakingly excited. They were like, they couldn't get the words out how excited they were. And they said that they went to Grutteskir and they found a Muslim guy that was lame. And uh, they said, can we, can we pray for you? But Tapaneswa, uh, we called him Tapaneswa Fire Magura. Right? Because when he, the Holy Spirit came upon him, he would like... You knew it. You knew it. You could see it. And um, so he said to the guy, we must pray for you. And he said, no, 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 I'm a Muslim. You know, I'm not going to, you know. But he said, but, but, but you can stand. You'll, you'll be able to walk. And um, Jesus can heal. So he said, no, 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 I'm a, I'm a Muslim. So he said, it's okay. It's fine. We'll, 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 pray, we'll pray for you. And then eventually the guy gave in. And one of them, I don't remember which one of them, just took him by the hand and said, in the name of Jesus, stand. And the guy received strength in his legs and he stood up and he could walk. And they said the first words out of his mouth was, so Jesus is the Son of God. Oh, man. So, wow. Blessing. I know you came, you were one of the earliest students. So, how did you plug in? You came from Northwest, you told that last week. And suddenly you found yourself in a different, well, in church. How did it happen and how was it for you? Just briefly. Briefly? Yes. Uh, I know sometimes uh, I talk a lot, but I'll, I'll try. <laughs> okay. But I think joke, jokes aside, um, my, uh, my roommate, I was in Margaret the first year. I was, lived on the 10th floor, uh, 10.20. And um, so my roommate was in church. Um, he kept inviting me to church for like a semester. I kept saying no. Um, so like second semester is when I joined the church in August. Uh, so I, I got saved because uh, I, didn't, I didn't have a relationship with the Lord prior to that. Um, then I, I got saved, um, so we used to take a Jamie to to gardens um, first. Yeah, you know, when I joined the church, um, I think in the yeah you know, in the beginning, because the Lord, what the had the Lord had done in my heart, I think it was so profound that I think there were a lot of stuff happening that people were talking about that it, for me it just flew over my my head. Uh, so like, I mean, the guy that invited me to to church ended up leaving church because he felt he was like because we like a multicultural church, so certain things happen, and you have a choice in that moment whether you become part of the solution or you, you leave. So there were, obviously, I think people used to make like joke, Africans jokes. So if, obviously, if there's a lot of people that have the same culture, you tend to make jokes that people will understand. So like, if the Adelichte brand, Niemann, Baby Hayes, so someone would understand that, that understands Africans, there's a context to that. But like if you don't, it flies over your head and you feel like you're excluded. And it's not intentional. I think also I was preaching last week and I, was, I remember I spoke a lot about UCT, but I, also, I remember when I left, I was like, ah, there's people that are not actually studying at UCT. I, we can, there's so many things that we can share about UCT. There's context uh, that people will understand without explaining, but you're excluding other people in that process. So for me, so people left, uh, some people. So I ended up being like the only guy. Um, <laughs> But I think in that moment, I think for me, of course, what God had done in my heart, I had, I had reason to, like, to stay in church 
even though all this stuff was happening. Um, so I think that, I think even despite what God was doing, the testimonies that, God, that we shared about, like, it wasn't pretty all the time, but we had a meeting, I remember, like with Pastor Lee and uh, the lead pastor back then. Um, and we spoke about these things, like, um, there's sometimes like there's jokes that we don't get and like we really feel like left out. And they really like understood, because I think it, at that time as well, it was, it was a new thing for them. Um, so I think there was an understanding and things changed. I think the culture changed a lot. Uh, like, so you're reap, they're reaping the fruits of that now. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's been cool. I think I, I was thankful that that was part of the process that I did leave as well with the other people that left. Um, but I think one testimony I can share, like I had a roommate. Um, he lives in East London now. He was also like, yeah, struggling a lot, like drinking a lot and doing lots of stuff. And uh, I, the only thing I did basically, I just invited the guy to church and he got to church and like uh, he got saved, got ready. Well, the night before, he, he got locked up because he fought with someone. So it was a pretty bad state. So my watch is getting excited now. Um, uh, yeah, he fought with someone at Steers and I like, punched you know, punch the guy and cracked the glass at Steers. I don't know, if you, like a couple of years ago, there was like a glass at Steers, there was like a massive crack on it. Um, that, that was him. Uh, <laughs> so... So the guy, he finally, he finally got saved and got, yeah, got, uh, yeah, God did a lot in his life and now he's married, he has a child. Um, I just want to say, we, um, so that, after that Steers episode, he landed up in prison for the night and then Blessing invited him to church. So before the service, Blessing comes to me, he says, I invited my roommate, we better pray. He needs to get saved tonight. We prayed. He responded to salvation and he got saved that night. Amen. Thanks, blessing. Jamie. That's me. Yes. <laughs> Most of you know all my stories. but So I joined the church in 2010. Um, that was my first year. And I actually was in my room. I was in Baxter. I don't think there's any Baxter girls. Yeah. But I was in my room in Baxter, and I bought a ticket to go to Big Bash. I don't think they have Big Bash anymore, but it was like the biggest party at UCT. And it's like in the first, in the first week of all week kind of thing. So I bought a ticket, and I was going to go because my friend said, don't be a prude. You know, you got to live a little kind of thing. And I bought a ticket, and I didn't know that people only go. So I come from a very conservative family. My father would skin you alive if you did anything. That's literally how it was. So I didn't know that people go to the club at like 9, 10 o'clock, even 9 o'clock is early. So I got ready at like 7 o'clock. You know? <laughs> and then I called up my friend. I was like, okay, so what time are we leaving? And then she's like, no, we're not leaving anytime. We're only leaving at like 10. So I was like, okay. So then I was just hanging out in my room at Rez. And then um, all of a sudden I could hear like worship music being like sung and what you must understand is that at that time there was nothing Christian happening anywhere on campus there wasn't even a lot of Christian societies people weren't even playing worship music in their rooms like it was very like it was just like other stuff happening and I remember like I remember it so clearly because it was a song mighty to save by Hillsong and it was being sung somewhere and I was like yeah, something's weird so I thought someone's playing it then I eventually found my way outside of Baxter and I found myself on the Grasha lawns where Shofar was having a live, like, worship evening. And they were singing, and, like, I was like, what? 
And I just was like drawn and I just went and I met like Kelly and Inga who are not here now, but they were here previously. And I was like, what's happening here? Da, da, da. I think, and then eventually Esty, I met Esty after that. And event, immediately when I met her, she was like, I said my name to her and she was like, joyful. And that became my name from that time. And then she invited me to Encounter One the next morning. Um, so I didn't actually end up going to Big Bash. I just kind of threw my ticket in the bin. <laughs> it was expensive. I was like, I don't need to go to this. Um, and then I went to Encounter... Well, I was going to go to Encounter One in the morning. And then it was really early. I think we had encountered like 8 o'clock or something like that. I was like, I'm going to this thing. And then I remember Esty either called me or sent me a message. It's like, we're waiting downstairs. Are you coming? And I was like, no, no, I think I sent a message first. I'm like, sorry, I'm not feeling well. I lied. I'm not feeling well. I don't want, I just, I don't feel like, da, da, da. And then she sent a message saying, we're downstairs if you change your mind. And I remember I didn't even shower. I just brushed my teeth, put my clothes on, and I ran downstairs. And I, and I went to encounter one, and then I got full to the Holy Spirit for the first time in my life, and from that moment onwards, it was just from glory to glory, and then I got slotted into church, and my life changed. Um, maybe if I can just share one testimony. Okay. So um, I joined church in 2010, and then at the end of 2010, so, sorry, Posidium. Posidium used to do this thing where he would tell you to do small group leader things, but not tell you you're the small group leader. <laughs> So he would say, <laughs> you still do that. He would say like, oh, don't you want to like go meet the people there and like, um, you know, just prepare some questions. And do so, but in my first year, the end sometime in my first year, I became a small group leader, but I didn't know that that's what it was called. Um, <laughs> and then in my first year, I had this in my small group leader, her name was Ilsa. And we, she was like a firewoman. And it was, she had prayed and she heard from the Lord that we must do a prayer walk around Tugwell residence. And came to the day and I was like, okay, we're going to go. Like, what is this prayer walk thing we're going to do? But okay, let's go do it. And it was pouring rain, I remember. And we got our rain jackets and we started like, I think, I can't remember how many times we had to walk and pray around Tugwell. Uh, yeah, and then we'd stop at like different places and pray. And then we, like, it wasn't a massive grand prayer. We didn't see the heavens open up or anything. But I remember we prayed for the people. And a year later, at the end of that year, I became a small group leader. And I thought, okay, we're going to reap the fruits of this amazing thing that we did. And God's going to give all the people. And the girl that was cooking there, she and I, she was one of my best friends. She and I were also small group leaders the next year. And we used to have small group leader in Baxter, Tugwell, and Grosha. But it was just the two of us. <laughs> so eventually, we used to have small group. One week in Baxter, one week in Grosha, one week in Baxter, one week one week in Grasha, and the Lord gave us, said to us, I want you to prepare every Wednesday as if a whole lot of girls are coming. And every, every Wednesday, it was just the two of us, and we would have small group with each other. And I remember it used to be, we used to cry a lot. We'd be like, are we doing something wrong? Is there something wrong? I remember, Esty would know. We used to go to her a lot and be like, we're bad small group leaders. Why isn't anyone coming? We're doing all the things. We're doing all the things. And it was probably a year like that when nobody came to small group. Yo, it really tested my identity in Christ and everything <laughs> all in between. And then the very next year, we reaped a massive harvest from Tugwell. That's when uh, Marianne and Renae and Mandisa and all of those girls, I think we had like 20 girls or something 
in that small group. And then from them came Zena and Pindua. I don't know if you remember them. And then from, oh yeah, there's Pindua. <laughs> Sorry. Zine, you and Pindua. <laughs> My bad, Pindua. Came Pindua. She's like the funny. And then from them came Sifan and Tokozo. And then from them came Tulu and all of those girls. And it was such like the Lord said something. And we didn't see the fruit right then and then. And it was hard. But the Lord was faithful. And now we're seeing small, like a massive small group in Tagwell and two small groups in Clarine. Like the Lord is faithful to his word. Um, yeah. Awesome. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Uh, if maybe, Nyasha, uh, if you can help just to remove those um, Ottomans. I really sense in my heart that just before we, please don't rush. We're just going to pray in just a few minutes. I would love us to really receive of the Father what He wants to do in our hearts. Some of you, this evening, this is a moment that God has been wanting to have with you where He can actually impart such a grace where you can actually walk into the calling and the gifting He has placed upon you. Tonight is a divine appointment between heaven and your life. Some of you, God is saying, I have a story to tell. And the story that I'm wanting to tell, I'm wanting to tell that story through your mouth. You have a story to tell. Perhaps you sit there and you say, well, they are sharing their lives. When am I going to be able to, to testify? God is saying tonight that I've got a story. A story that I'm wanting to tell UCT, not only UCT, even the people of the place where you come from. A new story, a new chapter. Some of you, this is a moment where you're going to receive ministry from God. You're going to receive the ability to stand and share that which God will place in your heart. Some of you, you went through things on your childhood that almost hijacked the gifting, the strength, and the courage that God placed in you. But tonight, there is such a grace to be restored, to run again, to step up for heaven. This evening is like the moment that Isaiah had when God was saying, who will go for us? Who will go for us? Who will speak? And Isaiah in that moment, he said, Lord, here I am. Send me. Some of you, God, have been speaking to you many, 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 many times. The one thing that God is expecting from you now is that response that here I am. Send me. Pastor Dick would have stayed in Stellenbosch and perhaps pursue work. But when the Lord said, pray for UCT, he prayed. And responded. But as a result, you and I are sitting here. Because he was obedient in a moment. But God doesn't have a story only with him. God has got a story with each and every one of you. There is an assignment to restore. To restore the land. To restore the people of God. When I was a kid, I never knew. I would have known one day. Tenashe. I would have met Wilbert. But God in his plans knew 
But part of the provision in my destiny was Tenashi, was KG, was all of you. The fact that we're sitting here is a miracle. It's a miracle. But we, we have a choice whether we're going to take this as a miracle or whether we're going to take it for granted. But tonight, if you want to say, God, here I am. I don't understand everything. I don't even know what are the implications. But this evening, I just want to say yes to you. Yes to your call. When God called Abraham, he said that he had to leave. He had to leave. He had to leave his house. He had to leave everything. He had to go where God was waiting for him. And some people, it's not like God haven't called you. God has already spoken to you many times. But the problem is, some of you haven't decided to leave. Haven't decided to shift. To come out of your comfort zone. To re-embrace this call. To receive this dream. The re- 